Walt and the Reese have been X-Files fans from the beginning. Patrick is watching for the first time. Together, they perform improv comedy in New York City, and now they're doing a podcast. It's time for Two Files and a Newborn. Hello, and welcome back to Two Files and a Newborn. I'm Larice. I'm Walter. And I'm Patrick. Hey, the Pat it's Reed. been a while. We've been on hiatus. We haven't really been on a hiatus. We've just been like super duper busy. I'm doing what? I'm not quite sure because we really haven't done that much. Well, we bought a new house and we were like watching the contractors. Well, no, the last three weeks we were watching contractors work. Yeah, our house was kind of. And then we we were busy following David around the world. I've been picking my butthole. Hmm, that's Mm. lovely. You know, speaking of butthole, which is kind of like butthole, right? Is that the same thing? Uh, we're, we're talking about DPO today, along with Clyde Bruckman's repose, final repose. Mm-hmm. How is that a segue? And the list. Because I just read trivia about Howard Gordon. The, the whole idea for this episode, DPO, we'll get into it more in the episode in a minute. The whole idea for the episode started in season one when Chris Carter put on the, t- the chalkboard or whatever it was, the tag board. There's a chalkboard? Lightning Boy. They had, like, you know, the, the, the war room for X Files writers and creators. Whatever they call it, like had, storyboarding. Yeah, they had a storyboard, but on this, I'm he just sure had, it's just a boring conference boy, room that, somewhere. Well, no, he had a sign that said "Lightning Boy," and they kept going back to it. They didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> His conference room as a surfboard. That's right. <laughs> His conference room is out on the beach. For them, when they're bored, they write on the board <clears> and then they create. So Howard Gordon finally put two and two together. It took two seasons into three, season three to figure it out. Uh, a fan came on. Oh, no. Not one of our fans. The actual fan. Oh, we don't, we don't have any fans. It's hot. So he finally decided, oh, I got this. We're going to make the illusion or the what do you call it? The simile, the metaphor, the metaphor that the lightning is youth adolescence. And he compared it to Beavis and Butthead electrified. So that's where that's, Beavis and Butthead meets the Flash. Yeah. It's Beavis and Butthead electrified. But instead of getting well. superpower powers no. and doing things for good, he but just that was my, kills people with lightning because right. he's a very disturbed child. That's right. Which Gio- Giovanni Ribisi does very well. And apparently yeah. he had auditioned a couple times to get the role. They didn't give I saw money. that. Yeah. I saw that. There were a lot of 90s-ish things oh, yeah. in this episode. So well, the, the first thing fighter. that I noticed... It's not, it's not a fake game. It's a real game. Oh, but they did not have Street Virtual Fighter Fire. music playing. No, it had Sonic music playing. Which does make zero sense. Oh, that's Sonic? Yes. That's it's the funny. iconic Sonic thing. The first thing Sonic I noticed, I was like, that's not, that's not Street Fighter. That's Sonic. And Sonic mm. was never in the arcade, I don't think. It was yeah, just... I don't really know what the point of that was. Like, I, I imagine the Sonic music is more <laughs> money to get... Than the Virtua Fighter soundtrack. So is Virtua Fighter a Street Fighter knockoff, or was it... It was just an arcade... Just another yeah. version, mm-hmm. another Mortal Kombat. They're all kind of knockoffs. It's a Tekken, Mortal Kombat, Virtua Fighter. like the same skins, but Tekken different, original, different games. It? No. No? Punch-Out was the original. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Rock'em Sock'em robots. Where are my notes? Yeah. So, uh, and then, so we have Giovanni Ruby's. We got Jack Black as mm. Zero in this episode. Poor Zero. Well, yeah. what kind of parents does Zero have to give him a name like that, huh? That's his nickname. That's not his birth name. It's what do you think his birth name is to make a nickname Zero? That's his cool Gamer Boy name for Gamer Boy. Did you notice that the um, the video? I know, I know, it's early in the season, so it makes sense. But it further continues my 9/11 conspiracy theory about this show. <laughs> is that when they're looking at DPO's <coughs> scores, the top like 
five of them are like 9-11. 9-11. Really? 9-11, 1995. 9-11, 1995. What? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, like then the top one is like 9-12 because that was the day he like killed the dude with the lightning. But We will see a lot of 10-13 come up because that's the 10-13 productions, mm-hmm. which is Chris Carter's birthday, which is 10-13. Right. Which and worked out in 2013. Yeah. It worked out because Uh-oh. we had uh, the 20-year the anniversary yeah. at New York Comic Con in 2013. And, and we sang 10-13 to Chris. And we sang to Chris, yeah. We sang to, we Chris sang to him in Wizard World. Yeah. yeah, I hope I can make the video for X-Files News. I sang operatically dressed as Superman. At the Comic Con in Pittsburgh last night. What did you drop? Oh, Patrick oh, dropped something. Okay. Keep going. What is it? Black. This is my lid. Yeah, of course. Oh, it's way over no here. Lid on the I got it. I got it. I got it. It's way over here. All right, we're doing that, a podcast. That shit no, rolled, no, man. We're doing a podcast. Didn't mean to derail everything. I'm sorry. Just so, went rolling. Uh, <laughs> you can't lose the top of your thermos. So I, I've always loved this episode long before. Well, no, but not Jack Black, Giovanni Ribisi, your classic actors, comic why is, why is, character guys. Why is he so fucked up in the head? Like, why is he no. so evil? Well, no one knew who they were at this point. The kid. Well, oh, no, yeah. He's, he's just, he's a, like, he's just an angry kid. Right. He's, like, killing people for no reason. No, I mean, as actors, they right. were unknowns. Yeah, they were unknowns. But it's teen adolescence, and teen adolescence, when given powers, either if you're not Peter Parker, you become Darth Vader. You know, basically, he's, you know, just a shitty little teenager that's got all kinds of problems. He's hot for teacher, right? Oh, he's hot for teacher. He's so hot for teacher. Mrs. That Kavat. teacher was actually a Playboy playmate, too. Oh, really? Ooh. It was, something, it was like the only thing that her IMDb trivia says. Oh, boy. <laughs> what happened? None of my teachers Mrs. were Kavat. Mrs. Kavat. Kavat. Kavit. Kavit. Did you see Zero's real Ms. name? Miss Kavit. Miss Kavit. Bart Zero Licori. Mm. So his middle name is Zero. In quotations, that's his nickname. And then Bart his first name is Bart. Bart. The Simpsons? Yeah. Super 90s. Mm-hmm. Boulder actually stum- uh, stumbles upon a picture of Sharon Kavit while flipping through Darren's porno mag. Mm-hmm. The actress who plays Sharon, Karen Witter, was a former Playboy center. Right? That was my best uh, Aussie. So she was in there. It's, she made an... Haha, <laughs> that's kind of funny. It's so the, sh- the sheriff teller was named Teller... From the illusion and comedy duo Penn and Teller, mm. the pair had wanted to appear in an episode <clears throat> of the show, but when Chris Carter could find no way to work them into the show, this reference was added instead. That's mm. a shame. That would have been really cool. At no one. point they could have found a way to work Penn and Teller in. It would have been really cool. They could be like competing FBI agents. I find that unlikely. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's interesting. That I wasn't no love, no love for that sheriff. I'm sorry, no love lost when he got fried. No, he was an asshole. What a dick. But, you know, we haven't seen that many since uh, season one, and they brought back a season one You had to have a Dick thing. Sheriff show yeah. up at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Sheriff. Sheriff Dick. Yeah. Why doesn't Mulder know what electrolytes do? He's not the medical doctor. But, like, that's just, like, kind She's of... She's the medical doctor. <laughs> it's not even medicine, really. It's it's more science. I don't know what electrolytes do officially. I know, I know they're in the Gatorade. They're in the Gatorade, yeah. <laughs> replenish them. Somebody's calling me right now. Oh, man. So Maybe Scorsese. Maybe, you never know. It could be Scorsese. Somebody from Long Island. Uh, it's not Scorsese. So, uh, maybe uh, Hamptons. Yeah, so I mean, uh, this, we go through the episode. They're, they're basically anybody who beats him at a video game, he needs to fry him. And he cool. plays his favorite song. Yeah. Filters, uh, Hey Man, Nice Shot. 
In the first scene? That is Ring the Bells by James. That's right. Another very 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 of the times. No, that's a good episode. A classic and what do you think about this one, Larry? I like it. I don't know if I put it in as a classic. It's it's, it's interesting part page of X Files history because you do have two people that uh, two actors that became pretty well known. Yeah, it's right. tough in to watch. Episode. Well, it's not tough to watch. I you know I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it because of Giovanni Giovanni Ribisi and Jack Black. Right. So like yeah. that that kind of because I like those actors, I kind of already kind of was on their side mm-hmm. for this episode, and I just wonder, watching it at the time, how it would have been perceived. I don't know. Yeah, I remember it being great, but they weren't total unknowns at that point, were they? Yeah, basically. I should have done that Is before. Is that before... Uh, you know what? I remember seeing an old episode. I think Giovanna Ravisi, though, he'd, he'd, he'd done a bunch of other uh, day player roles, because mm-hmm. I remember seeing him in an old episode, and... You can pull up his IMDb if you want. I saw him in an old episode of The Wonder Years. Jack Black. showed up. No, Giovanni. Oh. And he was like one of um, Kevin's older brother's friends who showed mm. up in one of those episodes. And I, out of nowhere, oh, really, that's right. I was like, yeah, wait yeah. a minute, what the fuck? You know, it's so it's funny like when you watch. He's been around forever. By the yeah, time I think he, he did, did a lot films. of work as, as a child actor, mm. if I'm not correct. I mean... Plays a hillbilly real well. He does. He plays this uh, special child. Jack Black was a never-ending story three before it Files. Hmm. That's interesting. No, there was a three. There was like five or six, I think. Like a lot of directed video videos. Jesus. Yeah, they kept making them. They're making a fortune of that. What do you call it? Might as well capitalize on him, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what happens at at the end? He just gets like overloaded, overcharged. Beauty that kills the beast there. Well, B.O.D. killed the beast. Which is another Jack Black movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, they come full circle there. But yeah. is, is that what happens? I yeah, I think like that's clear. the whole point, right? They do like the classic like X-Men kind of thing. They overcharge his power, fry him out, and uh, and South, I think he ends up with the government, right? Or does he yeah, he's it? locked up at the end. Yeah. There's a very, very cute little ending, too, mm-hmm. where they're blasting suicidal tendencies, yes. which is also... The diarrhea right. Very punk rock, yeah. ni- mid-90s type fair. Yes. Uh, even though Suicide Times is back in the 80s. But uh, <laughs> they're flipping the channels. He's flipping the channels with his power, and then the last channel that he flips to is the executive producer Chris Carter mm. title. Yes. And that's when they call Blackout. I was like, that's cute. That's yes. fun. Yes, yes, they did that on purpose. <laughs> that's adorable. They did that on purpose. So Giovanni Rivisi, billed as Vani Rivisi, was like the best friend of the girl on My Two Dads, Corey Kupkis. I for, I don't remember him as that, but he was in 30 episodes. My Two Dads with uh, Paul Reiser? Yeah. Who else was in that? Who was the other dad? Um, no ums. Just tell me. I don't remember his name. I could probably find out. Anyways. Uh, My Two Dads? Were they gay? They mm-hmm. pretended to be gay. No, no. She had a mother and that wasn't a hundred percent sure who the dad was so and the judge made both of them become her dads this before what they, year they was could this do a 87 DNA. to 1990 early before they could do a dna series. test oh, to find out who the dad was yeah. so both of them had to take care of the girl interesting premise for a mm. sitcom it's actually about something 
Stacy Keenan. Well, it's a sitcom. No, nothing. Anyways, so I give this one a seven. Seven? Yeah. Hmm. That's tough. I'm gonna give it an eight. I've always liked this episode. I'll give it a seven point five. No way. <laughs> Don't act you so depressed. You can tell Walt is, is looking at something else right now. He's looking at my two dads. Yeah, I'm trying to find out what this other guy that was did. like didn't even last a season. Were they like the odd couple where one was really sloppy and one was really messy? Or one was really neat. I think I only watched like one or two episodes of that. I don't think it lasted. No, I watched it. It was a great show. It lasted like a week, right? At some point, the judge lived in the same building. There was a, like a bar or a coffee shop downstairs that Dick Buck owned. It was Buck very 80s. Owned. Dick Buck is owned. Oh, it was classic 80s sitcom. Oh but, but it was God. a good, like, I like that better than Full House any day. Dick Buckus. That's Football random. player that did a lot of sitcoms. That's really random. Mm. Mm. I like me some Dick Buckus. Well, there was, a, there, was a, there was a guy, shout out if he's listening, he's probably not, but there was a guy in my high school, his name was Mike Buckus, and he got a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of clever high school nicknames. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Ass kisser. At least his name wasn't Dick. No. We had one of those in my high school, too. Oh, Brian, he was... Brian and Michael, Dick, were the sons, their mother's name was Sandy, and she chose into that. Mm. Shout out to all of them. Sandy Dick. Wow. <laughs> I'm sure it's nothing they haven't heard before. Hi, I'm Sandy Dick. So this guy, you know, he, he ended up being on Melrose Place for a year or so. As Dr. Who Dan are we talking Hathaway. about? Uh, his real name is uh, Joe. Stop arming and arming. I have to Evigan. cut these out of the podcast. No, you don't. It's, I do. It I sounds resonate. Bad. They're not horrible. It sounds bad. Well, Doc, uh, Greg Evigan. A vegan? A vegan? A, he's a vegan? A vegan. He's a vegan? That's right. He hath a way of being well, a vegan. He won the part on Jesus Christ Superstar for a month after graduating from high school. Jesus Christ. On Broadway. Ooh, okay. He won the part? Oh, it just says he, was, he won, a, won a part in the Broadway show. Congratulations. You've run the part One of the starring Broadway role. We're like what are you going to do now? We're going to separation from X-Files. Now. I'm going to go to Disneyland. Bring it back. Clyde Bruckman. Yes. How do you win a part? Unless it's like one of those contests where you're like, win a walk-on role! Long before there was reality TV, they had cheap tricks to get people to go to Broadway shows, I guess. So you'd win a part in the play? I, I guess. Going to Broadway he, was cheaper, too. He played too. a role for a month. Maybe it was a kid. He was like a high school. Maybe it was like... Are we uh, going to talk about... Black Cla- he played Mary Magdalene. Are we going to talk about Clyde Bruckman? One of the greatest episodes of all oh time. Oh my gosh, stop. No? Stop. This is the episode everybody either says it's overrated or underrated, depending on your point Oh, of well, view. according to David, it's a superior script. This is a superior script. This, this is this, Darren this, Morgan. This is superior, and Darren Morgan writes superior right. scripts. Yeah, Humbug, Clyde Broadway, all the great comedies. Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Okay, right. so Peter Boyle won, an Emmy, won an Emmy, which... Yeah. Oh, really? For this performance? Yeah. Yes. Good for him. He yeah. was great. I yeah, mean, it was cool. It was well, it was well written. He played it very well. I have nothing bad to say about him. Not at all. He's good. What about Yappy? Yappy's great too. Love me some Yappy. Um, he passed away recently. That's terrible. The actor, which is very sad. Is that the other psychic? Yeah. He's the one that's one that throws, comes in in the beginning. Yeah, throws Mulder out of the room for his bad energy. Mm. I'm looking for a white man. With facial hair. No, no facial hair. Who is impotent? And maybe a tattoo. No, the tattoo has facial hair. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. He's great. And those fucking crazy eyebrows. Yes. Boy, 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 boy. He did like one eyebrow up, one eyebrow down thing pretty well. 
He thought he was going to kick Skelly out, but no! Mm-hmm. He kicked out Mulder. I thought when Clyde Bruckman goes into his thing, he reminded me of a uh, Christopher Walken sketch on Saturday Night Live. Well, in the beginning, when he's like, what the hell is a la la pla la <laughs> Yeah, that. But no, he's talking, he'll be talking, then he touches something, all of a sudden he kind of goes into, okay. oh, there's going to be a, somebody died. There was a Christopher Walken sketch in SNL at one point that Christopher Walken would touch you and do the same kind of thing. He'd go into a trance and then tell you like the most mundane stuff, like <laughs> unnecessary stuff. You're going to go down and buy a carton of milk, you know, <laughs> something like that. But I know, it was like this goofy, maybe that was a parody It's probably of completely irrelevant. Not at all. There's also that joke that they use in almost every TV show where they bump in, like a guy bumps into the other dude on the street right. and he goes, oh, you're a better dancer than my last date. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think I heard that joke on Supernatural and I used it all the time where Dean was just like, oh, thanks for the dance. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Lovely. But it might not even be that. It might be even from like just everything. It might right. just be like a Wilhelm scream but thing. But you, you gotta say mm-hmm. something because you're sitting there, you're bumping into someone, you're trying to get by, and you're like going back and forth. It's like, hey, oh. thanks for the dance. Yeah, oh. because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, I've, to I've definitely something. used that line. Another line I've definitely used in real life is, uh, well, it's from Supernatural too. Oh, where they're just like, uh, oh yeah, living the dream. <laughs> you know, like if you're doing right. a shitty job, you're just oh. like, oh yeah, living the dream. Yeah. Not like, uh, why Why do I do these things? Because you're a homicidal maniac. I love that scene. There's a detached. <laughs> That's a great line. Know, it's great. It's, it's like, classic. why do I do that? You do yeah, this no thing son? because you have such a great delivery. Yeah. You do these things because you're a homicidal maniac. Just it's like, just but there's a very so detached simple. matter of factness to it. Well, it's just it's because just, sometimes. People get really complex about why yeah. a killer is a killer. Like right. something happened in their life along the way that yeah. made them become this way. They have all the like all the villains and all the superhero movies now. Yeah. They have all this backstory that has this like gray area between good and bad. Right. When it's just like there really is no explanation. Well, it's even more so. More topical. Every time somebody goes and shoots up something, a church or a school, we the the news is all about. Why? We, we gotta know. We gotta know. You know, the, the, the need for motive is not a crime solving function. It's more of like for our own psychology to, be, to feel safe at night, to feel, you know, wrap our head around something. We need to know everything about this guy. So, one, we can understand it, and then two, we can look for it in other people, and I guess. But it's, it's uh, yeah, it's there's also, a, there's a need to know. it's also yeah. very mind boggling when it's an unassuming villain like this, this character. Right. Yeah, He's... that being said, why was he a killer? <laughs> I want to know. We don't know. Because he's a homicidal <laughs> maniac. That's right. I mean, it did, like, that led for, like, some of the cooler moments, too, with just the Peter Boyle's character knowing when mm-hmm. somebody's going to die. So he just, like, was just talking to him and just, like, not afraid at all. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, totally stone-faced. He's like, no, you're not going to kill me right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to happen, and then a cop busts in the door. <laughs> and then he goes and kills a cop. Yeah. Oh, the agent. Why should, the I agent. How should I know? How should I know? There's definitely some funny moments in yeah. that. There are a lot of jokes. It was it, it was a good balance of comedy. But there's a very interesting, like, what's great about this episode, there's this comic element to it that keeps it a very light quality to it. But if you were to peel back the layer of the, the horribly stupid cop of, like, uh, you know, that's into the yappy thing, and peel away the layer of the comedy... If you were to an- start analyzing all of the crime that's going on, you know, the entrails being cut out, the eyes being left behind, taking the body, there's some really interesting, like, 
you know, Pillman or some of these other Broadway, really dark plays that have been on Broadway about murder, about serial murders or movies, whatnot, a Silence of Lambs kind of a thing. There's this really amazing, interesting, potential dark thriller happening behind the veil of comedy. But it, they didn't make the focus about that No, it's not. But it's, well, because so. this episode, it's a Monster of the Week episode, but it's not about the monster right. being the killer. Right. It's about... The, this uh, the uh, Peter Boyle's character, right. yeah. yeah, right, and that's what makes it really interesting. Gives that perspective and that like sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And there's like a really like strangely grotesque and beautiful scene when he's talking about like his ideal way that he wants to die, and you mm-hmm. just see the corpse like waste away. That yeah. that that's so fucked up. I can't watch that scene. It's so gross. Like it's... it is gross, but at the same time, it's not like gross and like a oh like yeah, but the best gross part of it, out kind of way. This is how I think I'm gonna die. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> and motors up all night. Because <laughs> you can tell Good like night. this character, yeah. he's had these thoughts so many times right. and now he's just like Yeah, the dream he has every night. Yeah. 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 And I think his detached matter of fact matter is all because he doesn't want to deal with everything he sees. It's his way of processing. It's just like very... Uh, if he put any more thought very into what apathetic. he sees... Very apathetic yeah. about everything. Because yeah. he's just like, eh. Very cool having him be an insurance salesman too. Yeah. And you know there's something to deal with. You know, the long- you might want to work on that closing yeah, pitch, right. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. But no, if you keep going that you long... life insurance, Paul. The, uh, the idea that his detachedness is all about not wanting to deal with his gift or curse as you want him to see it. <laughs> but then he gets to know Dana and he starts to actually make, you know, when he finally actually kills himself, maybe he let the demons in a little too much and he couldn't deal with it. You know, it's My, just too no, much going on. a funny line. Sometimes it seems like everyone is having sex but me. That's right. That's right. That uh, made me laugh. Yeah. Who gives a crap And then about the fat him? little white Nazi stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> That could have been me. Uh, I do. I do strangely love the guy's reasoning to the first guy he's talking to in the insurance office. He's yeah. like, "I want that boat." Yeah. But like, but you're gonna die. Blah 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 blah. But it's a really good boat. <laughs> <laughs> like that's your reason. Right, <laughs> it's just right. a really good boat. You don't get it, buddy. You don't understand. So I, the question now, is, you're driving down the highway like it's just like so freaky. It's like there he leaves. <laughs> so the one body that the killer doesn't take the entrails out is it because it was a distraction to pull everybody away to get to Clive Ruckman or this guy actually seemed to have a little bit of psychic ability the actual the tarot card reader he actually seemed to actually have yes a when Mulder says read my thoughts well they never presented oh it. you're thinking of the other guy. no the one where he flips his own card oh his and death, death card comes over. out yeah the, they never know, presented he doesn't kill yeah. him because he actually does have some real the other, the other ones were killed because they were liars. They were not real fortune tellers. They were all scam artists. So that's why he took, no, no, you're, you were wrong. You're, you can't help me at all. Like Clyde Bruckman, he, he just would have killed. He would not have, uh, what, what's the word? Um, destroying the body. Tortured. Yeah. Man. Well, no, but destroying the body post-mortem. The, uh, Stop saying um. What's uh, um, I'm, I'm, I'm desecration um. of the body. You kill me on these podcasts. I'm say, sorry. Um, say um too many times. I, I do. You need to get in performance mode. Okay? Um, I need to sing it. Can I do my impression of uh, whenever Mulder's in a fight with a bad guy? Okay. This is this is what happens. It's a great visual, folks. I don't think we're gonna be able to see this. You don't need to see it. It's literally just this. 
see this really quick before it disappears. Look at what it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Look what it looks like. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to sound like. That's exactly just, what happens every peaked. time he's in a fight with a bad guy. Or it definitely happened in this episode. Thank you, Mr. Mark Snow, for putting that great score like jazz no it is good music but then <laughs> it's just funny because i was watching that fight and i was like it sounds like somebody just like hitting the piano <laughs> it is very intense but we glossed oh, the over whole, the whole the whole the music is done by mark snow mark snow um you know, yeah he, he did the xl theme song there's some really beautiful music that comes in later on like to some just some really beautiful music for the movie there's some really nice music for a couple upcoming episodes so that are more touching. Alert. Uh, they're just when you hear it, you're you're really impressed. This is a little more impressive than the earlier season, but go on. Knowing what we know about what's about to happen in the rest of the season, next two or three seasons with Dana Scully, the fact that Clive Ruckman says you're not going to die. That's he's not the first to say that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Someone else says that too. Really. And then, you know, in a few episodes, I guess we have the ambulance, famous ambulance scene, right? With the cancer eater. That doesn't happen until season four. Oh, that doesn't happen until season Leonard four. So Betts. we don't find out about that season four? Wow. Yes. However, um, we do get twice. That's the second time. Then season six, remember what happens with the, uh, the, the photographer that takes pictures? Oh, yeah. He also says that she... There, there's an allusion to the end that she, is, she, she doesn't die because so she becomes... Yeah. So, I don't know. With this revival, I don't trust anyone. Trust no one. On the flip side, we also glossed over uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. Yes. (laughs) Why would you say that? Way to kill Mulder for a one-line zinger. Thanks a lot. Who wrote this fucking episode? Oh, Darren Morgan. Thanks, Darren. That was hilarious. No, I thought this episode was very well written. Oh, yeah. Superior script. Because there's there's hilarious... Gems well, and it doesn't need a in. lot of special effects Not too to be an effective episode no. of the show, so they could shoot at a very low budget. A great script doesn't need special effects. So I'm going to give it an eight. This is a ten. This is one of my all-time favorites. Oh boy, I don't know. About I, I'm one of the few that say it's underrated. Yeah, give it an eight. It's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Good episode. This is one of my top I've seen two this or three one. non-mythology episodes. Really? Yeah. I Something like about the Yappy character. There's so many amazing characters in this. It's, it is a a wonderful character piece and psychological study. And again, you, there's a lot of layers to it. You have it's very comedy. bizarre and random yeah. at times. So I'm kind of on the page with in that. In a good way. I understand how it all ties in. I just mm-hmm. I feel like there's other episodes that captured me. Right. Uh, that there's my interest. Maybe I've seen it too many times because I feel like this is one of the ones that came on all the time. I never back get sick of this one. I, I do. I never get sick of this one. <laughs> I do. And I know you said that before, and that might be it. You've seen it probably. Maybe because it's times. been told to like this is the best. I'm like I don't understand. Yeah. But uh, anyways, we're moving on to the, li- the I'm list. I'm with David. I love me some Darren Morgan. You just love David. I do. The list. Walt's having these real. The list. You heard it here, folks. Well, so the list. I think that was um, my tax Bruce and I both cannot remember this episode. Yeah. I do remember. Uh, was it JW? Were uh, you drunk watching it? I remember the very end when the guy appears in the car and, and kills. Mm-hmm. Kills the warden. Yeah, it's when, very... Uh, Nietzsche? Not Nietzsche. <laughs> What's his name? Nietzsche? Nietzsche. Well, Nietzsche. his name is oh, Nietzsche. Nietzsche. His name is Nietzsche. N-E-E-C-H. But I thought what they Nietzsche? were kind of doing was... Because there's a philosopher named Nietzsche. Right. That's what I was thinking. Nietzsche. Or but Nietzsche. it's not... It's like I looked up 
like online. The spell it It's N E E C H. Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah, no, it's but not. But then I was like, they're totally like implying that he's supposed to be like a philosopher, but it makes absolutely no sense yeah. how he's coming back from right. the dead and right. and they don't explain it they don't but explain it and they don't solve it and he right. kills everybody on the list right so it's completely like a very un like it's a cool ending but it's a very right. unsatisfying ending right just to jump to the end of the episode I, I already i'm sure who was doing the killing and then at the very end it's pretty obvious that it's Nietzsche. Is it like is it like supposed to be one of those things where they keep you guessing the whole way through and then in the end it's just like all right? I, I think know. it's a failed attempt at that. I don't. I don't I, like all the maggots. The maggots are gross. For the no, record, mag- gross. Maggots yeah. me. Flies on the pillows, maggots on the body, and then the bugs like whenever it would go to kill the next victim. Yeah, uh, he, yeah, the fly would show but up. But every time they show it's a head, like the they're eaten. The guard's head in the bucket oh. with the flies in it. Have you guys ever seen Halloween three? And let me think. Let me think. No. One of the worst no. movies ever made. It had nothing to do with um, Michael. Michael Myers. Three is one of the first mo- worst movies ever made. It really is because it's it's Are a Halloween because it has I'm nothing kidding. to do with Mike Myers. Sarcasm. I understand, but they have these masks. They put the masks on, and then a song comes on. This commercial, and these things start to eat your head from inside. And these heads in the trash can and everywhere else look like, or the box look like the mask that's been eaten because the mask just starts to shrink inside because your head is being devoured by maggots and flies or whatever. And and that's what I kept thinking. Like Chris this Carter is was why like, I would like to be cremated for the record. Yeah. I think Chris Carter thinks how Halloween 3 was the greatest movie ever made and this was his homage to it. And because uh, it's it's horrible. Is there any trivia you can pull up about this? Because I really don't have a whole Just lot. Just gonna donate my body to well, science. I mean, JT Walsh is great, right? He was in uh, a lot of stuff, and uh, and he, I recognized him right away. I think I why, do why did him they being kill? Episode, uh, why did why did Nietzsche kill his lawyer? Because he well, he said he blamed the lawyer for being uh, for losing his yeah, case because, in the first place. Mm-hmm, cause I he think was, he's basically claiming he's innocent of the original crime. Okay. Because the lawyer couldn't do a good job keeping him out of jail. Duh. You know, part of the problem with this episode, Chris Carter directed it. <laughs> oh, no. Directed, directed and wrote? Everything, but there's, Dwayne Berry was one of the few exceptions. It was like George Lucas, maybe. He just needs yeah, exactly. to get away he from has, the like, material. He has exactly that issue going he, on. He should be the puppet master, not the writer and director. And the fans feel pretty much the same way yeah. at this point. I love him. That's nothing against Chris. I think he's. he's I think there's a big division a here. Of yeah. I feel like he can with all we've heard about the revival, and I'm going to give it a chance, and I'm going to like support it 100. Mm-hmm. But everything I've heard. Is he directing the whole thing? Fuck yes. Ooh. All six episodes. Boo. No. Uh, he's not writing all six episodes. Rob, we have I some of the other writers. Rob back in, didn't they? Yeah, and we Rob have Bowman? Morgan and Wong are back. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, Dude, I feel like he's out of touch with some of the fans and what the fans want, or oh, what the f- he's out of touch at times. He's out of touch. He's out of touch. He's out of time, and he's out of his head with this X Files line. Oh, you just went on Michael McDonald on ours. That's Hollow Notes. Oh, that sounds similar the way you sang it. <laughs> <laughs> so two things. So I just it was, heard about it was Michael McDonald singing Hollow Notes. Um, of all episodes, this episode went way over budget. It took them 10 days. They actually built a prison uh, set. I know why it went over budget. Because the whole episode was filmed in the Matrix. That's right. Because <laughs> it was all green everywhere. That's right. 
They used real Not magnets. the first Matrix, the second two Matrix movies, where the whole movie is just oh, green, right. green, 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 green. I did not green. love that series. I don't hate the Matrix. It's probably my least favorite of the big blockbuster trilogy, sci-fi trilogy. I never got into it. I just think it's too much. It didn't need to be a trilogy. It was just kind of of the times. Yeah, I don't know. Because that was right after... Well, the Matrix came out the same year as The Phantom Menace, Mm -hmm. and then that kind of spawned this whole, like, we have to make everything a trilogy, maximize the Hollywood budget. Mm -hmm. So they rushed the sequels along, and the first one's very good, but then this third one tried to be a completely different movie, and it just wasn't as good. Right. Yeah, they, they try to get more philosoph- philosophical. It just—I I never loved it. It was, a, it was a rushed, botched jab. And you know, they, they it wasn't the greatest cast of all time either. So. <laughs> hey, you knock a Keanu? No. We don't knock Keanu on this podcast. Just yeah, so we I'm don't sorry. knock Keanu. I like Keanu. He's a nice guy. It would have been so much better with Nicolas Cage. That's a- no, well, do that's, not that's compare. True that's <laughs> fucked up, man. Don't con- compare Keanu Reeves to Nicolas Cage. Are you a Keanu Reeves fan? He's good, man. Yeah. He's a good guy. You bring Nicolas Cage in for a very specific reason. It's when you want the ridiculousness factor to be oh, up. because when everyone else said no, Nicolas Cage says, I say yes to everything. Oh, no. Nicolas, Nicolas Cage <laughs> is constantly filming six movies at any given that's time. Right. And now we need Andy Samberg to step in. And, I'm Nicolas Cage, and I've, I never say no. I film, I'm in every movie. Why? When I'm not, why? Uh, I, I just, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about this episode. I, I had a hard time with this episode. Say. It's just gross. Oh, I give it a five. I'm going three on this one. Oh, no. I'll give it a four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the like, plot holes were not just in the bucket. I'm glad they spent ten, what, ten days building a set for this one. They spent a lot they of They never money. even show in a... syndication. Like, nobody like, who yeah. talks about the list. They were in a prison before, though. What channel is playing old episodes of the show? Chiller? Not currently. Chill? I meant, I meant yeah. prison. <laughs> I meant prison. They've used prisons before. That's oh, what yeah, I meant. Yeah, like yeah. prison sets? No? Uh-huh. What channel? the show? Uh, well, and then the I whole, said, what channel have... is the show actually right. being syndicated on? Um, no one channel has all the episodes. They're all on Netflix now. Well, they... Back in the day, they used to be on Fox. Yeah. They would be late night Fox. After, Chiller had it YouTube. After, like, the... Um, <coughs> After the ten o'clock news, they would show another episode on Sunday mm-hmm. night. So they would show syndication. Then they they sold. Uh, I think they sold a syndication deal to FX, which caused the David Duchovny lawsuit. Right. And then that stopped because FX sold it to themselves. They undersold it, yeah. And then there was. Uh, and I, I might be a little bit sketchy on the details. Uh, then there was. It was on TNT for a while, I believe. For, come out like twice a day. Like Supernatural mm. does now, I think. Mm. And then they didn't do the morning thing, though, right? They no, it would come on yeah, yeah, in the evening, and then they used to run marathons. Somebody on used to have a midnight showing. Uh, Sci-Fi had it for a while. That's right. But it would only have the first three. Remember seasons. You Two with Dean Hagelin hosting? Yeah, what happened to that network? But now it's on Chiller. Yeah. It is on Chiller. Chiller. It's not on me. Ha- they have it on Sundays on Chiller. On me, I don't know. They, they have like the first three seasons again. Like usually, different people get different. Like, like all the other syndications, they, people get the first three seasons. I, I feel like they did not buy the list. Not mm-hmm. one single syndication, like somehow the list was not included. I've in never seen this one in syndication. <laughs> I, I, I do remember J.T. Walsh as the warden, but that's all I remember about this episode. That, and when I saw him, oh yeah, J.T. Walsh is the warden. Like I, I kind of knew that, and but that's all I remember. I don't he, remember he does a good warden. He does a good warden character. Episode. He's very yeah. good. It's well acted. It just you know. Kind of like, like, like you said, so nothing is solved, nothing is explained. 
Nothing. It's just. He's just like, I'm gonna come back, and they're just yeah. like, he's really smart. Oh yeah, he's a really smart guy. If anybody can figure out a way to come back for the dead, it'd be Nietzsche, and right. they never like Nietzsche. <laughs> I, I thought all the day just, players. Just for the right. record, Nietzsche is dead. Yeah. Nietzsche might still be alive somewhere, but Nietzsche's definitely dead. That's right. The philosopher. Yeah. Yeah. Or died is like, he? died about a hundred years ago. Well, he more than hundred. Hundred and fifteen years ago. Well, is that, as long as we think of him. Is that supposed to be intentional? I'm gonna look up his philosophies right now. Oh, well, there's a lot. It's a lot of. Well, because I remember taking it in philosophy class. Mm-hmm. But like, was that supposed to be intentional in the writing of this episode? Nietzsche's key ideas include perceptivism, the will to power, master-slave morality, and the death of God. Hmm. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his radical questioning of the value and objectivity of truth uh, has been the focus of extensive commentary, and his influence remains substantial. Is this Nietzsche's Wikipedia? Yep. Okay. <laughs> This episode won a lot of nominations. To get a full understanding, you actually read... I mean, I did back in college, but... Yeah. haven't kept up with my philosophy no, class. Me, no, me... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Are we gonna Frank, t- Potnitz, Frank Spotnitz said Frank this Potnitz. episode, I think this is a vastly underrated episode. I also think it was a very brave and different show to do, and that it will weather the test of time very well. I feel like there's always a one review like that for every like terrible episode. <laughs> there's always like one guy this that's like, well, that's reviews. Frank. That's actually one of the writers. Yeah, that's one of the writers, one of the producers. Oh. But uh, you know, I, I think they were onto something. I think there were moments. Like, actually, they're saying the cinematography wasn't great. You know, he's admitting that there are issues. With the filming of it, I, I think there were some casting holes that uh, I don't know. You know, like the one guy, I, the one guy was too much like a Dave Chappelle character. He's on Death Row. It just didn't work for me. Uh, they didn't feel like Death Row people. Can it? They, no, they weren't hardened criminals. Um, unless that was kind of the point too. Like they're, you know, they were being mistreated by the guards yeah. clearly because that happens in every prison and prison show and right, prison right, right, television. Right, right. You know, and I think there's an element that maybe they were going for. You know, all of the inmates are African American. You know what I mean? And all the guards are white. Maybe mm-hmm. they were going for something, but either they didn't take it far enough to really make the statement, or yeah. they were trying to be subtle with it and it, they missed the mark. Like I think they were. There, there's something here that is one rewrite away from being, you know, genius. You know, I think there's a potential here. Go back to your chalkboard. Exactly. There's, there, you know, they spent all your the surfboard. money. Your surfboard. But that's classic TV film, right? They spend all the money on the tech. They spend all the money. This, you know, but the reason I didn't like Phantom when I saw there's all these lights and flashes, but you know, the direction of it I think is terrible on Phantom on Broadway. You know, we're looking at the Phantom's ass the whole time because he's got a body mic, but. It's all, but we got all this flash. But he does have a nice ass. Ooh, that phantom booty. Oh, he's some skinny dude. He has no ass. He's some skinny chorus guy because he doesn't need a big voice for that role anymore. But uh, someone's a little bitter. No, 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 no. So, uh, <laughs> so we were going to talk about Pittsburgh a little bit, right? Because this is our first podcast since Pittsburgh. I feel like we should have talked about this in the beginning. We started to, but then we got into the episode. I'm like, uh, okay, I guess we'll wait till the end. So Walt and I went to Wizard World on in Saturday. Pittsburgh. On Saturday the twelfth. Yeah. I did not go. Patrick no. did not come. No, you should have. It was a lot of fun. But we did get to see. I, we both got pictures with Mitch. Who's doing your shows. That's right. That's right. I was Superman. Walt had a day. picture with Mitch. 
Yeah. I got a picture with Mitch. And I, I, I saw Dean Kane and Supergirl Pilot. I would have gotten a picture with David, but I didn't want to pay $110. Right, right, right. Because I'm fucking cheap. Right. And I, I, already a, have, or I already had a picture with him. I have a bunch of pictures with him, and I was right. going to be getting a picture at the concert. We saw the panel. We saw William Shatner, his yes, panel. Yes, we saw William Shatner. Ch- and we uh, almost fell out of our seats laughing. I almost Ooh. fell out of my sleep. Because he started talking about touching elephants, ah, and fun, uh, it got awkward. Vibrating elephants. Vibrating elephants. And then we watched. I pair. Getting inside of animals. I periscoped the whole panel with Mitch and David. I have to say, our panel was the best. And then your phone went off. My phone went off in the middle of the panel with Andrew going. Because what happened was, you know, you guys were like favoriting tweets, and I went and I checked. I got a notification that one of my tweets was favorited. So David was talking, I went to go check and I clicked on the notification button and all of a sudden the vine that he favorited popped up on my phone and started playing. And it was a vine of Andrew going, we're about to do some improvement here, give me a location. And I'm like, oh my God, it starts going off in the middle of David talking and I'm like, oh my God. How embarrassing. And he knew exactly where it came from because I'm over there with a David Duchovny shirt mm-hmm. on and I'm sitting next to Mindy who has a Hello High Water shirt on and he kept looking over our way. Like, and he was also... Yeah. Not, I don't know if he was bored, but it, he looked like he was bored for a second there. Well, at least he looked at the ceiling. But we I, had fun. We, we enjoyed Pittsburgh. The next day, we go to the concert. Larissa and I and a bunch of other folks go to do a little meet and greet with David. And I go up. I actually have a Pennsylvania cow because of his book, Holy Cow. And I have a, a little Elsie. Little Elsie. Yeah, it was a little Elsie doll that we found. And it was kind of a joke because... Um, it's a full-grown man giving Reese, up the stuffed animal yeah. to another full-grown man. Well, the Reese man. pointed this out at the truck stop in Pennsylvania. and says, hey, you should give that to David as a joke. And I said, okay. And I got it. It was like, you know, six, seven bucks was cheap. So I gave it to him. But it was a ploy because I had a gift bag with a card for him to sign for the Reese. But the whole thing Aww. is none of this all matters because as I walked up, he said, hey, you're Walter, aren't you? I like your review of the album. So I've been kind of like gushing and oh, gushing ever since. Jaw drops. Yeah. Mind blown. I've officially gone gay for David Duchovny. David Duchovny knows who you are. That's right. And that is the scariest thing in the world. Yeah. Was it because you like basically sucked his D on the album <laughs> review? Pretty is that much. why? Well, no, he actually talked more about his band than he talked yeah. about him. I mean, he talked about him in the album review. I had a reality check. And I said, you know, David Duchovny says he's not a singer. And I said, that's not just a... Self, uh, he's becoming depreciate one. one. He's actually getting really good. He's becoming one. Did yeah. you tell him to listen to this podcast? Why well, he know? I think. Did you tell him to come be a guest on he the podcast? He clearly has gone to our website, thedecovenyacks.com. Sneaky lurker. Or not to just decovenyacks.com. I just did but a day, but that, I that, that was exciting, but not as exciting as what happened to me. Yeah. Because well, I walked yeah. up because I went after him, and he was like, "It's your birthday, happy birthday!" He's like, "I can't wait to hear you on my birthday." He's like, "Yeah, I hope we sound okay." And I said, uh, you know, I heard you during the sound check. He's like, you listen to the sound check? I was like, well, we were standing outside. He's like, oh, okay, great. Have we sounded good? I'm like, yeah. I asked him because we gave him a Duchovny X t-shirt. I asked him if he still had it mm-hmm. or had worn it. And he said, I have not thrown it away yet. I still have it. <laughs> I said, have you worn it? He said, I still have it. <laughs> What's upsetting to me, though, he is that use it to clean a we were at the Camel Cafe and someone gave him a jacket that looked like a cow and yeah. he put it on and fucking wore it. Yeah. Like, if you're going to wear a jacket that a fan gave you that looks like a cow, mm-hmm. wear a freaking t-shirt. <laughs> and your t-shirt looks like one of the Candle Cafe shirts. It looks like, I think exactly. Be, you know, and beats. he had on a Candle Cafe yeah, t-shirt. He had the Beats t-shirt right, What was the other one he had? He had Satan, pumpkin. Beat, Pumpkin, the Cubby There's one that says eggplant that's purple. Yeah. But 
Patrick, he wished me happy birthday from the stage in the Aww. middle of a song. And, and crouched down and sang right to her. He crouched down right in front of us and he and sang. Doing your favorite he song. He sang right to me. She sang right when in front of me. Comes. He sang right in front of me, yeah. but he sang to everyone on our, our side and then right. went to the other side. But then he reached out his hand mm-hmm. and held my finger for like about 10 seconds. Did he pull it? Uh, maybe. I don't know. And then happy right when he, well, no, part. when he was sing, singing thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hear it at the time, mm-hmm. but he did say happy birthday, and then he ran all back up. I didn't hear it. So that's the problem. We get there super early to be right in front, and it's not the best place. No, because we're right sound. in front of the monitors. Yeah. You want to be back a little bit no. to experience. The I know, but thing. then he can't hold his hand. Then he can't hold his hand. No. What, do, what do you do? What do you do? One of our friends, Nicole, stayed in the back. Said it sounded amazing. It probably sounds much better back yeah. there because you don't have the monitors. Which is why out. nobody wants to sit in the front row for our show. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's because I spit. We don't my touch MC. people. <laughs> well, that's not true. <laughs> we do. Walter sweats on them. But um, I, a friend of mine said, like, a, uh, yeah, the day after, she someone had taken a video, and right. she said, you need to watch that video. And mm-hmm. I watched the video, and I heard him say, I was like, holy shit, he said happy birthday? Mm-hmm. I was blown away. I thought it was so sweet. I was like, he's the sweetest person in the world yeah. to do that. So really, come on the podcast. Really sweet, so David. You're awesome. So you know, we have... You we, made my birthday really I special. would like to invite Dave to come to the club. We can do an event. We can do a podcast. We can do... Something we can charge tickets and give it all to Yeah, I don't think charity. he listens to the podcast, and if he I did, know. I doubt he would get this far along in it. But he will like, if we get him on. But this is the the podcast about the superior script, so he might still be listening as we speak. But we, we already speak. did that podcast. But this is the same podcast. But he might listen to the podcast. He could come I don't know. On. He seems to like you. Well, maybe you can reach out. We could out. have fun. I might reach out. I'd be surprised. Well, I will say, leave it, we, what I did want to say about the concert, because we've it seen a few awesome. now. He's so uh, good. He did the acoustical number of acoustical. Let It Rain. <laughs> he did both. He did, an acoustical... he did both. He did it. He did it with the band, and then he. That's came right. Early on, he came I back. I think it's because he the didn't encore. have. Uh, I think they were playing on doing another song. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure what happened with that. But he didn't have anyone to sing Helpless with, and he usually does Helpless or right. some other song, so maybe he needed right. to do some another song in there. Maybe I. I just think it's like, hey, this is. A new I'm ready thing to I'm sing doing. Helpless with you, David. Yeah, but his Let It Rain song. acoustic. Uh, was really, really good. Really, really good. And I think he did that on one of the TV shows, right? The View or one of those shows months ago. He did it with just piano. Yeah. It was just piano. And it was a little shaky. He wasn't ready for that yet, I don't think. He nailed it. It was, it was just so it. raw and rough. Yeah. It still sounded good because it's like he sings the lyrics as a songwriter. Right. He, so it's not that he was a bad singer. It right. was just... It, it was being sung as a songwriter as right. opposed to now it's start, starting to really sound like a singer right. like his, his chops uh, he's getting some chops there his vocal chops his voice is becoming he's relaxing a little bit, a little bit more himself. solid well he's relaxing yeah. I think he's uh, learned to support a little better mm-hmm. so he's not going flat mm-hmm. or if it does um, it's more of a style thing so right. it doesn't sound bad right. or maybe he's less self-conscious about it but it's also something that is more for forgivable live than recorded or on TV. You yeah. expect more produced, and it stands out for some whatever reason. He's sounding you better live now thing. than he does on the album, yeah. which is as a live I thing. Everybody's expected. rocking. It's less. It's much more forgivable. Is "Let It Rain" a cover? No. 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 It's actually original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It's definitely original tune. Ooh la la. Uh, he sings a lot about rain. Yeah. There's at least weather. two songs that are, well, there's Let It Rain. And the band is the weather. Stormy weather. The rain song, Let It Rain, and then Hell or High Water talks about What's going about on? Rain. What's going on with all the rain, huh? Uh-huh. 
Remember all the rain in Vancouver? Mm. That's probably what it was. He wrote all his songs while in Vancouver and Seattle on vacation. No, he wrote them no, two not. years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Well, it's well, been fun. Well, when the time comes. I do. Uh, n- next podcast, I actually, because we go to these things, every time you pay for a meet and greet, you get a t-shirt and a copy of the signed CD. Mm-hmm. So we have, between us, we have about like six or seven t-shirts. And a few of them I haven't None of them. On. None of them are mine. No. We need to get you one. We, nope. we can get no. you one if you would wear his face around. Yeah. Um, you can wear the Amber Alert shirt. Nope. <laughs> and the uh, the CD. Yeah. A copy. So we have extra copies of signed CDs that mm-hmm. I might do a giveaway. We should do a Hell giveaway. Hell or High Water signed right. by David Duchovny. And we have the books. I still have a book. We have a few books, right? I have one. This one? Yeah. So um, listen to our next podcast. I'm going to tell you how to win a signed copy of Hell or High Water. Win! Yeah. And if you haven't heard, uh, David Duchovny is going to be in New York for the Comic-Con, right? Saturday, October 9th. 10th. October 10th? Yeah, you're right, you're right. The Saturday is the 10th. Comic-Con, they're doing a screening of the first episode yeah, of Revival. Yeah, we got our pro passes. On we'll the main there. stage in New York Comic-Con. We'll and they are doing weekend. They're doing a panel with David Duchovny and Chris Carter. And then he's got DC on the 26th. Right? Yo. DC, he's doing a East Coast mini tour. DC on the 26th of October. New York on the 27th and Philly on the 28th. Yes, Three days he's, doing, in a row. he's doing the trifecta. I call That's going to be a t- test, though. That's I call a lot it of travel the David Duchovny uh, trifecta tour. We're doing all three. And for someone who hasn't done singing professional all of his life, that, that's, that's a tiring schedule. He'll be good. Yeah, I think he's going to be fine, but you know, it's a, good, it's a good test of where he's at as a singer uh, from a development stage, too. And I won't be there. You should. I have an extra ticket to the uh, New York, the New York oh, show. Oh, you should go with us to New York. At the Pat Reedy on Twitter, Instagram, Stop deflecting and Pat. Vine. At Laurie's F. At Walt Frazier. Signing out. Ba-doo-doo-doo-doo. Ba-doo-doo-doo-doo.